Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, David DeFord. Uh, David, you are found on the web at DavidDeFord.com. That's D-U-F-O-R-D.com. David, thank you so much for joining us. Greetings and salutations. Thank you. Yeah. So you do a lot of work online uh, helping insurance professionals uh, make a lot more money. Correct. <laughs> and you've got some great content on YouTube. Tell me a little, give, give us an overview of your business. Yeah. So uh, I basically take people who are interested in getting into the insurance sales business, uh, find a blueprint, mm-hmm. a, a sales and marketing system, in, if you will, through joining my agency. And I teach them firsthand on the techniques I learned as an agent on how to make a business out of selling insurance. Yeah. Hey, so what is working today uh, in insurance sales that maybe, um, you know, might might be a little bit, I don't want to say cutting edge, but, you know, it's definitely on the leading edge of what's working versus maybe what you see a lot of insurance professionals still doing. And you probably makes you want to go, oh, guys, please, please stop, stop. It doesn't work. Stop doing that. I think the big thing, the things that everything kind of works to some extent, the key is to find what works best. And I can tell you, if, if any of your audience have looked at insurance, and a lot of people have as, as maybe a career path, one of the biggest pushes in this business is uh, selling to your friends and family. Like immediately, most, if not all people get turned off to some extent. Like I got to go hustle my mom and dad and friends to buy an insurance policy. Like I don't want them to like never answer the phone again, you know? Right. So like that's the old way to do business. The way we do, it's it's not cutting edge, but it's pretty cool because you don't have to like bother people that you like is we buy leads. We source leads through uh, old methods and new methods. For example, one of the best sources for leads and insurance in 2021 is direct mail leads. Believe it or not, still works Mm. wonderfully well. Uh, Buying leads or self-generating leads through Facebook and Google also work fantastic as well. We, We like this strategy because it's scalable you can control the marketing. You can scale it up to the level that you want. And uh, you keep your friendships and family relations intact. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I, I start thinking of like, I start getting the uh, MLM hives when I think of like- 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the insurance business. That's what the insurance business is about, unfortunately, is that the yeah. biggest players, if if people go look at job board ads, what they see are these- these like these hustles that are all about MLM. They show you the the Ferraris and the airplanes, and they tell you about recruiting more than teaching you how to sell. And it's yeah. an instant turnoff for a lot of people. And we try to be the opposite of that. Well, that's good. That's good. All right. So, um, however, I'm sure it's 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 entirely possible to buy leads and not have it be profitable. And and so, um, how is is it? I mean, if so, like, what if you know? How do you how do you screw up when it comes to working with leads? Yeah, uh, I mean, number one reason is you're lazy and you don't go work or see the people, as we like to say. That's the old saying in our business: see the people. <laughs> Another factor is you're just not trained well. Um, you haven't taken the time to learn your strategy, your process, 
Um, and it's usually a combination of both of those, or you're not doing enough lead generation. You're only, you're scared to invest in yourself through leads and you buy a little bit, but not enough because at some level, our business is a numbers game. So that has to be uh, accounted for as well. It's usually a combination of one of those. Yeah. Um, so take me through some of that very tactical, activity that that you would do. Lead comes in, you're looking at, okay, well, here's a name, an email address, and a phone number. What do you do? Pick up the phone and call. <laughs> so we get we we either pick up the phone and call, yeah. or we show up unannounced to the client's door and knock on it to get in, okay, yeah. with the lead card in hand. Um, a lead is just leverage for us to get in the door. We don't typically teach an agent to sell the product over the phone. We just want to get that appointment booked to then get to the door inside the home, then sell. Because we've got a lot of advantages as far as the urgency and connection and rapport that we get face-to-face that we don't over the phone. Although we do teach agents how to sell over the phone. That's a more viable market now, especially with all the shifts with people staying at home, working virtually, et cetera. It certainly applies to our business as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, in, in terms of, um, you know, quality of leads. Is that really a concern? Like, like, how do you know who sells great leads or who sources great leads and who's doing just sloppy work? And, you know, by the time you talk with these people, they've been inundated with calls from other insurance professionals. And yeah, it's a big problem. And I mean, that's why in in, in a sense, a lot of the, the digital shift or the, if you market online, the shift has gone from buying from digital vendors to actually self-generating your own. Because one of the things you can't control when you buy from a lead vendor is the quality or what the lead says. And and in our business, I don't know how it is in others, if you buy leads from vendors, they don't disclose what the lead says. And there's all sorts of things that may suggest something other than a life insurance policy and some of the copy of the advertising, which is very frustrating to the agents. So I think bringing it in-house, if you're digitally marketing, is a huge thing. Yeah, you've got to learn how to market and manage digital campaigns, but you control the copy, you control the creative, and you can, as you get better at it, you obviously can get the kind of clients you want. And then with direct mail, direct mail is a bit harder to market with because obviously it you need a printer and you need whatever you need at the post office. So the key there is knowing which vendors are trustworthy and having referrals to them mm-hmm. from people who've been in business like me. I know who's worth spending money with and those who aren't. Yeah. And once you kind of sort that out, then, you know, just stick to what works. That's the key. Are, are most of these um, lead gen companies, are they just offering, hey, uh, you know, if you're shopping, what what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, as, as far as what's in the marketing, or yeah, like I guess you know, it's like well, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, I'm looking at it from the consumer standpoint, but that's my background, right? So, like, sure. what is the consumer? What did, the consumer goes? All I know is I did this, and now you and I are talking. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. There's there's an old saying in our business, like the goal of a lead piece is not to sell the product; it's to get them interested, to get them curious, yeah. but not to tell them too much. We want them to raise their hand to express interest and then use the interaction with the agent to wrestle our way in the door isn't the best term to use, but to uh, influence our way into the door. And so a lot of these, and again, it depends on how you market and who you buy leads from. Some of these leads can be very, um, uh, dis, dis, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not 
the intent is different on the consumer yeah, side than what the right. agent side is. Make people think, oh, this is a, uh, Uncle Sam life insurance. This is free insurance, right? Or some discounted, you know, government program. Mm-hmm. And then you got to start explaining, well, not really, you know, it's mm-hmm. something you buy. And that makes a lot of agents and consumers mad. Yeah. So there's always this fine line of what do you say? What do you don't say? What do you infer and what you don't infer? Right. And um, even, even if you have something, if you have a lead piece that's too specific, what we find is, is the acquisition cost is through the roof because you just don't get response back. There's something about selling insurance that getting in front of somebody or getting them on the phone and having a conversation is there's a, the more of those you can have, despite the quality of the lead, the more likely you're going to sell. So we don't want to say everything because the cost is going to be through the roof. Yeah. David, let's talk about follow-up because I, I, I'm curious what a, a, brilliant insurance professional does that that so-so insurance professionals don't do when it comes to um, managing those relationships, leading in those relationships, and showing up in the life of that potential customer in a positive way without maybe necessarily being naggy, but still winning the business. Like, how, how do you walk that line? Yeah. I mean, so we, just to give you some background, our focus is in the senior market, okay? So people generally 50, 60 and older, mm-hmm. uh, middle income and lower, mm-hmm. and our target products we sell- by the, by the way, that feels great to hear turning 50 this year, so- <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Nice to know it's I'm in the great. senior market. <laughs> right, I know, congratulations. Are you getting AARP stuff yet? Then that's how you know you're old. Yeah, that's right, totally, yep. So- um, we're, we're targeting what's called final expense burial insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's essentially life insurance with the purpose of covering funeral costs, Medicare products that supplement uh, Medicare from the government, and then annuities to help give peace of mind financially to retirees and their money. So, um, what was your question again? I kind of got this. Uh, well, right. It's, you know, the, the follow-up, right? And how, yeah, do follow you, up. how do you keep that relationship going? Um, you know, because you don't want to be a pest. Um, yes. What do you do? So here's the thing. Um, we are a pest. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be. Let me yeah. explain why. People are so inundated by phone calls, tele, in this market especially, phone calls, telemarketed calls, that they stop picking the phone up. Mm-hmm. And you have to be a pest from the standpoint of most people to get the attention of someone. Um, our market's weird. They're not necessarily online. They're not going through a sales funnel like a digital one, like a lot of different businesses are. We are more traditional in the sense we're calling them, we're texting them, and for example, I mean, to give you, give you a perfect example, we do what's called the triple dial method. And what that is, is just what it sounds like. When we pick up the call, somebody, we know most of the time they're not going to answer. I mean, why would you answer a random phone call that comes to your mm-hmm. cell phone? We all just de- decline it or ignore it. Yeah. So right after that call, we call again. And we know we start to break the behavior pattern of people ignoring phone calls because if that second or even that third call that comes through People are thinking, what is this? This is outside the norm because most telemarketers don't do this. And then they answer and they're frustrated. But then we have the opportunity to steer them in our pitch towards booking an appointment or starting to sell. And it's hard to imagine, but people aren't mad because here's the thing. They Mm -hmm. requested this information. 
We right. didn't cold call them. And the thing we justify or help us ourselves justify, because it's it's not like we're happy to bother people to death. But the way we justify it is these the prospects we see are lower income. And if they die and they leave a burden of 10, 15,000 to their loved ones, sure, that's a huge economic drag. And they may not have the money. And what's worse, not doing what's necessary to get them to answer the phone and then ending up with this or to badger them, but then to ultimately help them with something that's good. So that's kind of how we look at it. Um, I'd love not to do it, but we're in an environment where you just have to if you want to get somebody's attention. Yeah. Um, is it always just phone calls or in terms of outreach, um, what what works? Yeah. So, I mean, the phone and in-person, you know, uh, drive-bys knocking on the door to see if they're there. If yeah. you're a face-to-face agent, those are your primary strategies to get in front of the prospects in our market. Right. If you're digital, if you're, you, if you're a virtual agent, you're sitting at home making outbound calls, certainly outbound calls uh, work well, but usually those agents never leave the home. So they got to right. follow up differently. And probably the best thing to do is to do text messages. Um, text messages are almost always seen. Right. And you there are agents, for example, in my agency that have a, a back end sequence of text messages, emails that go out after the leads acquire to start pre-sales to get the client familiar with the name of the of the agent, their family, what they're doing, what they can expect. And um, that helps a ton. So we do that to some extent, but still really in our segment of the insurance business, it's the old fashioned show up, pick up the phone. That's yeah. So everything, David, everything we're talking about, um, depending on like who's listening, if you're in business for yourself, everything we've been talking about, totally, totally applicable. Um, and this is what I see for, um, say, agency owner or consultant. Um, same deal um, is, you know, if you keep showing up in their life, um, you're going to win the deal. And and that is just the reality is it's just on average it's going to take a bunch of touches, it, 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 depending yeah. on what you're selling, right? So if you're selling consulting services, yeah, you, you you may have 20 touches or more before that person finally buys. Do you have uh, the capacity to do that? Because if you don't, you're going to lose sales. Um, and and I think, you know, I, I want to. I wonder how you handle this with, let's say you have an agent and they say, um, David, I, I can't get over the fact I feel like I'm bugging people like, and, and, it, and it bothers me. And so therefore that fear of bugging them keeps me from calling them again. Because last time, man, they were busy, kind of feels yeah. like, I don't know, maybe they're kind of giving me the run around a little bit. Like I, I'm, I, you know, they expressed interest. They gave me a buying signal, but nah, I don't know now. And, and I just feel uncomfortable, you know, bothering people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, number one, uh, I'm flat out, if you don't do the follow-up, you're going to fail. And mm-hmm. you go back and work for somebody else and make them rich. So, there's that. <laughs> number number two, um, I liken what we do to evangelism. Yeah. Uh, we are life insurance evangelists. And if you think of the traditional evangelists, what do they do? They're pests, right? They knock on a door and come tell you about Jesus. Slam the door about 95% of the time, right? It's a frustrating endeavor, but... Why do they continue doing it? Why do the evangelists keep knocking on doors and trying to help in their, in their way of thinking? It's because they believe. They know what they have is something special and they mm. want people to have wow. it. And it's that belief internally that drives them. 
Um, and in like mind, that's kind of how we think with life insurance. Nobody wants to talk about life insurance. We, we're too busy living, not dying, right? Dying, old people talk about dying, you know, but the thing with life insurance is you always want it when you can't get it. So you have to take people and talk about a disturbing topic. And you've got to understand as an agent, if you don't do this work, there are people out there that will suffer needlessly, their family at least, without having the funds to pay for their debts off and things like that. So we are kind of charged with this responsibility uh, to go out there to the public and help them. And that may mean you'll get beat up a little bit. But that's part of the process. And I think the more that you believe that you're doing good work and helping people in ways that nobody else can when it comes to helping with life insurance, it's going to help you keep going out there and, and, and to dismiss that kind of, oh, I'm being a pest thing. I'm selling some random product that they don't care about. This is different with us. That's how we have to think. I love that. I love that. Okay. So um, one thing that you do, um, is, number one, is you're producing a lot of content. You've got th- what, yeah. what, three books. Three books. Yep. You got a YouTube channel that's got a lot of you got a lot of action. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What what's your game plan here? Well, I want to be the kingpin of insurance. That was kind of my goal early on. And um with us, it was interesting in our business. Um there there, like I said earlier, there is a bigger emphasis on mass recruitment lack of training, throw it up against the wall and see what sticks strategy. And a lot of people fail this business. And when I started my agency, um, I saw a competitor of mine put out a really good piece of YouTube content. And my immediate thought was, well, this guy's stupid. Why is he putting out content that's going to help agents that aren't necessarily part of his agency? Isn't he going to like, why would they do business with him? That was the devil on my shoulder, right? And the angel well, on my it's, shoulder. It's the fact that if they're not getting training from their own broker, their own agency, and they're like, hey, D- look at all this stuff that David's doing. Yeah. I'm happy moving over if I know I'm going to be in an environment. I, so I didn't mean 100%. to answer for you, but I got excited. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is adding up. I like it. And that's what, that's the angel on my shoulder. It's like, that's, this is the, this is the ticket. Cause if you can give away, all of the valuable experience you've had and help people with no expectation, you're going to create a culture and a brand that is entirely different from this self-driven, selfish MLM cult mm-hmm. you know, issue that's in the insurance business. And it's it 100% worked. Um, I talk to prospects that they've been watching me for weeks, months, years. They're already mm-hmm. sold on me. I don't have to, you know, have a some magical script to convert somebody into an agent. They're ready to buy or ready to join and start selling for me. And that is that is incredible power. YouTube has been the absolute biggest powerhouse I've ever used. And and the thing is, every time you do authority driven or content like this, you are setting yourself aside from everybody else in the marketplace. I'm mm-hmm. the guy, I'm and I'm just some dude, you know, I'm not special. I just have a way to describe what happens and I'm consistent with the delivery, but people automatically think this guy's the professional in the business. That's what the books do. I mean, who reads books anymore? I don't know, but if you can still say, I wrote the book on it, that mm-hmm. elevates your status to a different level. Yeah. So that's why I did it. And, and guys, it, it, it works. <laughs> yeah. David, um, just realistically, right. So someone has the right expectations. What can someone earn in insurance, say in their first year and then maybe five years into it? Yeah. Great, great question. 
I'd say in the first year, something like fifty to seventy-five thousand is a is a reasonable but uh, achievable but challenging goal. Mm-hmm. Um, there are agents that write uh, net in, net of uh, six-figure income in their first year, but it's tough to do that. Usually, right. it's by the second or third year that six-figure income should be attainable. I would say by five years, it's going to largely depend on the product that you're selling. I think it's possible, like for example, selling Medicare. It's a passive renewal-driven product. Right. Uh, I think you could make a quarter million plus net income on a residual annual basis with a thousand plus Medicare plans. If you sell life insurance, I mean, it can vary wildly. I mean, hundred to 200,000. Um, but insurance provides a very upper middle class type of opportunity for sure while running your own business and, and helping people with stuff that they need. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. You know, and, and I think the thing too is uh, I like the book Atomic Habits, I think would be lot of good application right here. It's, um, you know, you just, you show up and, and you do, you do what works and you do it over and over yeah. and over and over and over and over again. Once you find something that works, don't, don't get shiny object syndrome. That's um, just, hard, man. It's, what's hard, it's hard not to do that. That's a big problem I had. I failed yeah. the business after my first 12 months because I got the shiny object syndrome. Yeah. And this is a real boring business. I mean, we know it works. <laughs> And, and that's the thing. Success begets success, I guess they say. And you just got to be, I mean, I do the same thing in agency building I've done for five years and it just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. But if you same can thing keep, with selling. Yeah. It's like professional athletes. I mean, they, they show up and they yeah. do it bored. You know, that, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's kind of boring. Uh, I like what I do. Generally, I help good people. You know, you keep that belief or whatever. Um, but, you know, when other people you know, kind of like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. Well, the champions do. The champions go to the that's gym the ma- when they that's don't the magic feel like right there. Yeah. That's where the magic happens because most mm-hmm. people can't sustain that, right? I mean, they that's give right. up. Like you look at YouTube. I mean, I've been doing a video. I have 1,500 videos since 2014. That's right. Yeah. And I just, there have been others that have great content like mine. They give up. I'm like, good. You know, that's the difference <laughs> is I'm not, you know, and that's why yeah. I'm where I'm at. Podcasting too. Listen, we're we're sitting at a nine hundred and something right now. <laughs> and That's it awesome, man. Life changing <laughs> for me. Most podcasters give up before they hit a hundred. Yeah. Uh, when you get to nine hundred, trust me, your life changes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is awesome. Your website, DavidDeFord.com. Uh, uh, what should folks click on? What should they do when they engage? Yeah. If you're interested in your YouTube about my channel, business. I'll tell you that. Yeah. If you're interested to learn more about the business, daviddeford.com, you can check me out, check the FAQ section out. Also a really good place to start, of course, go to YouTube, put my name in David DeFord, and then go down the black hole of YouTube videos and see where you end up. (laughs) I love it. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? 
Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.